Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you're listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. Yo, is it me or it's been a wild week? Because I feel like everyone's going crazy all at the same time. Like we're living in some crazy topsy-turvy world where Cardi B is making more sense than Gladys Knight. I don't understand how that happens. How did we get here? But here we are. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in for episode four of Ratchet and Respectable. I was reading something the other day and they were trying to figure out why I called my podcast Ratchet and Respectable. And they thought I was referring to myself as Ratchet. (laughs) Come now. I'm fully aware of who I am and my bougie leanings. I indulge in ratchet moments every now and again. And that's part of the reason that I named it Ratchet and Respectable. But more than anything, I've never met a woman who was completely ratchet. And I've never met a woman who was completely respectable. To go full English major on you, it's kind of the idea of women only existing in two categories, either Madonna or whore. There tends not to be a gray area allowed for women in our culture you're either ratchet which you know you get no respect or you're respectable and which you get all the respect and no matter what you're defined as whether it's ratchet or respectable it has very narrow parameters of of what you're allowed to do what you're allowed to think how you're allowed to operate how you're allowed to be as a woman so I made it ratchet and respectable as opposed to ratchet versus respectable because I don't think they're at odds every woman I know is multifaceted and multi-dimensional she can stand at a podium or in the front of a boardroom and make a presentation but she can also quote Cardi B or little Kim or she may like her dark liquor she may enjoy her Hennessy so ratchet and respectable is to encompass all parts of of women like myself who are equally informed about Cardi B as they are about Kamala Harris. I had a great mentor growing up. She was my father's college classmate. She would always say that an intelligent woman knows a little about a lot of things. She just believed in being an informed woman. And I never, I never forgot that. Shout out to Aunt Rosie. I still love Aunt Rosie. So, so much to talk about this episode, and I'll give you the rundown so you can know whether to stay or whether to go. Kamala Harris, we talked about her last week, and I butchered her name. A very kind reader was like, hey, D, and she spelled it out for me phonetically, and she was like, I just learned too. Thanks, sis. Last week, we talked about how she was possibly going to run for president, and this week, she is officially announced. I was wrong, completely wrong, about something that I said about who would support her, and I want to talk about that. Cardi B... You know, what's so weird to me. People said that Cardi B and Offset's pending divorce separation was a publicity stunt. Cardi B doesn't need that kind of publicity stunt. Since the time of that back and forth between she and Offset, she's released the money video, which was amazing. She's released the twerk video with City Girls. Or actually, City Girls released the twerk video featuring Cardi. She's gone off on Tommy Loren, and she's also talked about the federal workers being furloughed. All of those have made a ton of noise and news. Cardi totally doesn't need to to play her private life for hits or interests. I also want to talk about Future and his latest fuckboyisms. I can't stand that man. He upsets my spirit because he's so willfully ignorant. And then I want to talk about cancel culture. The Washington Post did a really great piece on Chrisette Michelle, who was canceled after she performed at Donald Trump's inauguration. People told her not to do it. She went and did it anyway. When folks decided to cancel her, they canceled her. This is a wrap. 
So I want to talk about that. But I also want to talk about in the context of Gladys Knight and Big Boy, who just announced that they were performing at the Super Bowl. Gladys Knight is doing the national anthem and Big Boy is performing on the main stage. It's in Atlanta. Big Boy is one of the many faces of Atlanta, but one of the like been in the game for a minute and turned down the Super Bowl previously. So I want to talk about that. Also under cancel culture are Erica Badu's latest statements about R. Kelly. I don't know why she keeps talking about this, but should they be canceled? Should they not be canceled? Are we doing too much with cancel culture? I think that's it. I wish we could do more, but I'm just not going to sit here and talk to y'all for any more than an hour because even I realize I'm not that self-important. Like, my God. We're kicking off talking about Kamala Harris because that is the most important news, I think, of the week. On MLK Junior Day, she announced that she was officially running for the highest office in the land. She wants to go for the Oval, President of the United States. Last week on the show, I talked about her run for, for president based on all the, the rumors. I think I said something like black women universally are going to support Kamala Harris. I was wrong as the comments that I've seen just in the two days since she announced have been complete and, and I should have known because in the same episode last week, I talked about the black women who support R. Kelly. I'm going somewhere with this. There is a quote and unquote 53% among black women. And I say 53% because that was the number of white women that voted for Trump instead of Hillary Clinton in the last election, right? There is a contingent of that. I do not know what the percentage is, but I'm going to call them the 53% that exists among black women who will support R. Kelly despite seeing a video of him urinating on a 14-year-old girl who looks significantly younger, despite a six-hour documentary, despite the Village Voice outlining person by person by person by person who has either accused him, lawsuits that he has settled, the marriage to an underage Aaliyah, like, they will still be like, I'm going to listen to my R. Kelly music. So that was naive of me to say, oh, Black women are going to support Kamala Harris because she's Black. No, no, a lot of Black women are not. I'm going to tell you some of the things that I've read over the last couple of days. And I think you're going to agree with me that people have pulled down their crazy pants and showed their crazy ass. In fairness, I want you to know that I don't think Kamala Harris is above criticism by black women because she's a black woman. I think criticism about her time as attorney general or, or being a, a, a prosecutor in California is all valid. The New York Times had a really great article about Kamala Harris not being a progressive prosecutor, which I think fair game. And this came out before Senator Harris announced that she was running. And this is an op-ed, not a, a straight news story. Quote, time after time, when progressive urged her to embrace criminal justice reforms as a district attorney and then the state's attorney general, Ms. Harris opposed them or stayed silent. Most troubling, Ms. Harris fought tooth and nail to uphold wrongful convictions that had been secured through official misconduct that included evidence tampering, false testimony, and the suppression of crucial information by prosecutors. That's pretty damning. And I think that that's a fair critique to talk about her professional record. But I've also heard complete nutty stuff. This is one of my favorites. But this woman wrote, I would never vote for a woman to play in this game. By this game, she means politics. Quote, it brings distractions and confusions, cutting the balls of black men. Hmm. 
I just asked her for more clarity. I literally was like, can you explain, you know, in detail what you mean by cutting the balls of black men? How does a woman running for president do so? She did respond. She said, a woman is out of place in politics because, quote, a black man is called to head and lead just like the white man. But because black women have stopped rallying behind black men because the system has gestured she wear the pants and have the black man fade to the background, he's not allowed to speak to issues of his heart. Who says that? I totally forgot how many women buy into one of the the cores of Christianity which is a woman's role is to submit to a man and that men are made to lead. I didn't recall that I'd had this conversation in a very national platform about five years ago. I didn't realize it until this woman slid into my inbox and she was like, hey, what was the change for you? Because when you were on that reality show, you said that you didn't think a woman could lead. And I just wanted to know, like, what, what led to your, your change of heart? Nah, sis, that wasn't me. That was me against four women saying that women could lead and everybody else sitting around me like, mm, I'm not really sure. I don't know. Women are emotional. They have PMS. Like, I mean, you could go pull up a, a, a copy of the show on iTunes. I don't watch it, but if you'd like to, by all means. And I got in so much trouble over that conversation, the conversation happened. And then I wrote about it on my blog. And then the women who were in the conversation, and again, I didn't use their names when I wrote about them, got really upset that I wrote about what they said, while wearing microphones, while holding microphones, while six cameras were pointed at us while we were having the conversation, because it was going to be aired on national television. Heated super pissed and I was like are you are you serious right now like you shouldn't have said that dumb shit but no I've always thought that a woman was in a position to lead I've I don't understand women who don't do you really think that all you are meant to be is a helpmate and there's nothing wrong with being a helpmate if that's your choice but to believe that that should be every woman's choice it's just bizarre to me As I have this conversation, I also think about how woefully behind America is compared to the rest of the world. Like we like to think of ourselves in general as very progressive. And, you know, we point to other cultures and we say, look at how they do the women. A bunch of other nations have had women as presidents. And just a quick rundown, Denmark, Thailand, Germany, Argentina, Brazil, Australia, Liberia, Bangladesh, Iceland, Costa Rica, Finland, Lithuania, Trinidad and Tobago. That's just a quick list. Here's a couple other complaints that I heard from, again, from black women. Kamala Harris is not really black or she's not black enough because she's biracial. Barack Obama was also biracial. Kamala Harris isn't that much lighter than Obama. She has edges like a black girl. I think her mother is is Indian and her father is Jamaican. Those are two people of color. I don't understand. Like Barack's mom was white. Anybody, you know, wants to talk about pure blood, like she's got pure color blood. And keep in mind, I think the idea of pure blood is ridiculous. But for the people making this argument, like her mom is East Indian and her dad is Jamaican. Like, how is she? I mean, she's biracial. Yes. But when do we stop with the the one drop rule? I'm not saying that rule made the best sense, but I'm just saying it went on forever in a day where if you if you had a black parent, you were black. 
you had a black grandparent, you were black. Like, when did we start making this whole special categorization of like, oh, you're not black, you're biracial. This is, this is a new concept. This didn't, that concept didn't exist even when I was in high school. Hmm. I don't know if that's progress or not. Speaking of her, her lack of blackness, which is ridiculous, by the way, this woman, her example of Senator Harris's lack of blackness was how, I guess for Thanksgiving one year, she posted a picture of a dish that she had made. And it was, quote, large roasted carrots with green stems. And the woman's complaint was, she was like, no parts of that sounds like a black household. She was like, she must have got that carrot mess from her white husband. Or her Indian mother or her Jamaican father. West Indians like carrots. Don't get mad at me. I lived in Brooklyn forever and a day. I was married to a Jamaican. West Indians like carrots. No, I'm not going to get in trouble for that. And that's not a bad thing. You do. So maybe she got it from her father. I don't know. But you're not going to shame a woman for liking some vegetables in her life. That's just ridiculous. And again, I don't think that she's above criticism. I think that criticizing her for very petty things like her white husband or her liking carrots or she's not black enough or she's a woman and it's a man's place to lead are absolutely ridiculous. And the conclusion that I draw is that a lot of people really just don't like women, including other women, which is scary. And I should have caught last week. I just I thought black women would do a little better than that with a black woman running for president. But I was disappointed, to say the least. So Cardi B, who I think is having the best week ever right now. In the last week, she's she's released the twerk video, which I'll talk about in detail. And I'll do that with the help of a really amazing guest, my friend V, who's a pole dance instructor, who's going to offer a little insight about pole dancing and empowerment through women's bodies, sexual, sensual movement, and all of that. But I have a couple quick thoughts on Cardi first. Get this. Cardi B announces the twerk video is out by making a video on her page talking about the furlough with the federal government workers. And then that eventually leads to a back and forth between Tommy Loren and Cardi B. Oh my God. When she told that girl, I will dog walk you. I was like, I'm not even sure what this is, but my God, that was a great clap back. I don't think old girl knew what it was either. I didn't know. I'm sure she didn't know. She probably had to Google it Urban Dictionary too. Hmm. But on to this twerk video. So City Girls and Cardi B released the twerk video. I watched the twerk video. I've never seen that much ass in my life. Ass, 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 ass. It was like a big Sean hook come to life. I remember Rex and Effects video and I remember people being like, whoa, that's a lot of ass. I remember Luke videos back when they used to play them on video jukebox. They put the black bar over over the women's butts, specifically the black girls butts, because black ass is, you know, it's juicy. It's big ass. And they thought that that was offensive as opposed to all like the rock videos. You see the women in the bikinis and they're like, you know. It wasn't juicy ass. It's flat ass. Different ass. But there was no bars over that ass. Anyway, I kind of watched it the same way. Same way I do when I go to a strip club. Same way I do when I go to the circus. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Like, my ass doesn't do that. It doesn't. The lyrics are are nothing of, of great note. 
My favorite is I'm a top-notch bitch, need some top-notch dick. It's not profound, but I'm also somebody who came of age on on Little Kim, hardcore. Like I can I can quote hardcore from start to finish, lyric for lyric for lyric with with no music. Far be it for me to judge the current generation of women for liking to pop their ass or making raunchy songs. I mean, you got to have something to dance to in the club, right? But Madame Noir, who pretty much caters to to the millennial audience, wrote a think piece because we are a think piece culture about the twerk video. The title was Twerk, a visual love story for black women reclaiming ownership of their bodies. I was like, are you serious right now? Like, it's fun. It's a bunch of women twerking. The woman who won the 25,000, like who was twerking upside down while smoking a cigarette and then did like this death drop while twerk. Like it was the craziest shit I'd ever seen. That woman is a professional twerker and earned all of that $25,000. So I wrote about it on my Facebook page and I was just like, yeah, like I like the video, but I think we're doing a little much here calling it empowering. Is shaking your ass really empowering? And the point was made in the article that there were no men present. So that's what made it empowering is that women weren't clapping their ass, shaking their ass for male approval. They were just shaking their ass because this is what women do when they get together with their girlfriends. And I was like, no, I've never gotten together with my girlfriends and we just dance around shaking ass. I was really like, yo, I like the video, but calling it empowerment is a reach. And then one of my readers commented and she was like, I actually do think it's empowering. She is a pole dance instructor. She competes as a pole dancer. She laid out for me very clearly why she found the video empowering. And I was like, oh, sis has a point. I'll quote you a little bit of what she said. And then we're going to go to an interview with her where she lays it out in her own words. Because I think she does a much better job explaining it than I would just reading it to you. So she pointed out, quote, sexuality is a central component of life. And yet black women get so saddled with all of the panic, shame and morality that people heap onto us. We almost never get the space to enjoy our bodies on our own terms. So, yes, women being able to get together to shamelessly move their bodies on their own terms and celebrate each other without having to compete for a gaze or for validation is a really big deal. And I was like, oh, she may have something going there. So I reached out to her. I asked her if she would come speak with me. And hey, V, thank you so much for agreeing to do this podcast. I saw your comment and I was like, oh, my God, this would be perfect. When this conversation came up on the Facebook page, you mentioned that you were heavily involved in the pole dancing community. How did you get started there? I have friends that have been doing it for years and I always wanted to try it, but I never like pulled that trigger. And then finally, at the end of 2015, I was like, you know, screw it. I'm going to go try it. And I went to my first class and I was horrible, but it was so much fun. The people there at the studio where I where I teach and train at were just so welcoming and encouraging and accommodating. So even though I bit dust on my first class, it was a blast. And so I just kept going back and kept training. So for those of us who have never been to a pole dancing class, because I've never been, I've been to strip clubs a million times, but I've never mm-hmm. been to a pole dancing class. What exactly happens? So yeah, so it's interesting because people see either strippers or they see pole dancers on YouTube who are really, really advanced. And so it makes them either scared or kind of intimidated or maybe a little, I don't want to say ashamed, but, you know, a little wary of going because they think it means they have to, you know, flip upside down immediately 
or they think it means they have to like take off all their clothes immediately. And that's not what a beginner's pole dancing class is like. A beginner's pole dancing class is this is a vertical metal rod and this is how we dance around it. And you learn how to walk <laughs> around it and you learn how to do simple moves around it. You might learn a little shimmy. You might learn a little booty shake. But your be- beginner's class is just going to kind of gently introduce you to the movement. So a beginner's class is not going to be as physically taxing as a lot of people think it might be. And also the thing with pole that I love the most is you get a choice. You get to decide how sexy, how raunchy, how ratchet you want to go. So even if like someone else is completely like over in the corner twerking, you don't have to do it. You can have your own experience the way you want to have it. In the the post that you responded to, you talked about how so many women have learned a lot about their bodies through pole dancing. What was that experience like for you exactly? As an adult, I've always been like curvier, a bit overweight. And I've always also been a dancer in various different forms. But pole dancing is the thing that really helped me find out how my body likes to move. In like college, I was like a hip hop dancer. And sometimes that was hard for me because hip hop is really intricate and can be very aggressive and all of that. When I got to pole, I was like, oh, my body likes to move like this. I like body waves and body rolls and hair whips and all of that stuff. When you start learning and honoring what your body likes to do, a lot of that shame around your body starts to strip off because you're not, you're no longer concerned as much about what your body looks like. You are now impressed by what your body can do. Mm. My body can do this. My body can climb a thing. My body can pull myself up 10 feet in the air. My body can do a handstand. My body can flip upside down. Like it can do all these amazing things. Even though I might be carrying a little extra weight or I might not be like, I might not look what I think is the ideal. My body does all this cool shit. So I can't be mad at it. I can be really excited about it. I can be really excited about going into the studio and figuring out what I can do. What impact have you seen pole dancing make on your students? As an instructor, I've watched my students overcome a whole bunch of things through this same movement. At the core of it for me is women, especially Black women, are severed from their bodies like at a really early age. We come up understanding that our bodies are sites of sin, that they're suggestive, that they're problems, that we need to be covered up at all times that we need to be ashamed of our booties, that we need to be ashamed of our breasts, that we need to be covered from neck to ankle or else we won't be respected. That opens up a lot of doors for bodies being exploited. When you get into a space where you get to decide what your body does and no one in that space is going to judge you, it changes everything. This whole conversation came up because of Cardi B and City Girls video twerk. My initial response was, you know, it's a cool video. Like, it's a lot of ass. We've seen variations of this before, but I think it tops Luke and Rex and effects. I did appreciate that it wasn't about the male gaze. It was women just having fun. I didn't see it as women's empowerment. So if you could speak a little bit about the empowerment angle that you saw in the video, because you really enlightened me in a way that I hadn't been thinking about the video. I'm starting to think that people think empowerment means like a really narrow thing. There's obviously financial empowerment, there's political empowerment, there's educational empowerment. But I don't think we can ignore 
sexual, sensual, bodily empowerment. It's weird to me that people want to ignore that or pretend that's not a thing. So the empowerment comes from, again, being able to decide what your body likes to do and doing it freely and doing it safely, honestly, without judgment. When I talk about like, this is the kind of thing that happens in pole dance spaces. The thing I think about is think back to like college, right? And you're getting ready to go out with your girls and you put on this really cute dress because you look really good in it and you're beating your face and you go out with your girls and your favorite song comes on and you start dancing, twerking in a circle because you're having fun. It's your song. You love the beat. You're moving your body because it's fun. And then what's the thing you got to worry about in the club? Some guy coming up behind you. And coming up behind you, grabbing you, bending you over, Mm -hmm. all of that stuff. So now that act of enjoying your body is now unsafe in a public space, right? And so now we build on all these layers to protect ourselves from those experiences because it's not fun, right? It's not fun to be enjoying yourself and someone grabs you or pulls you or, in my case, puts their hands in your hair and says rude, nasty things to you, right? When that happens, we start to become separated from our bodies and we don't enjoy our own bodies anymore because it becomes dangerous in a public space. In a pole dance class, we are literally in sports bras and booty shorts, if you want to get that naked, right? We are literally upside down, spinning, flying, we're twerking, we're whipping our hair, and no one is touching us. We're encouraging each other. And we're saying, yes, bitch, work, right? You get to do that for an hour in a safe space with no judgment, with nobody trying to grab you. It brings you back to your body. It brings you back to this thing that you live in 24-7. It lets you enjoy it without having to worry about all the ways somebody wants to attack or exploit or grab it. So to me, that's empowerment, being able to enjoy your body, figure out what it likes to do, challenge it to do you know, more skillful things and have fun just existing, just moving in your body. It's empowering. I actually got emotional while you were speaking. You're describing this ideal of women just enjoying themselves like they were in the video. And I'm like, ah, yeah, I get it. And I mean... And a lot of cultures have a history of female spaces where women gather and dance. It's what belly dancing comes out of, right? The dances of West Africa, that's what those come out of. It's women women gathering themselves to dance. It's not about the male gaze at all. No one gives it. Can I cuss? Yeah, of course you can. <laughs> no it's called ratchet cuss. and respectable. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about what someone who doesn't understand what I'm doing says about what I'm doing. It's not for you. Is for me first. Me dancing in a particular way is for me first. And the physical empowerment, I'm not saying every woman needs to go out and pole dance because that might not be your thing. And that's fine. But it's being able to dance safely, being able to go on a run safely, going to spin class and having a great time, just being in your body and enjoying your, what your body can do without someone heaping all of this stuff on it. And I think a lot of women get so separated from that that they don't even realize that they're living outside of their body because they've put all these rules on themselves and all this shame and um, embarrassment on themselves that they don't live in their bodies anymore. 
you know, which why, again, for me, finding a community that I could just go and let loose in is so life changing. You know, it's so um, central to me now because you spend so much of your other time just trying to protect yourself and more or less hiding from the world. And it's not fun. No, Mm-mm. it's not. But pole dancing class sounds awesome. When I used to go to strip clubs, I would watch women do all sorts of things. It was like going to like the circus for me almost. Like these yeah. acrobatic tricks. Like, I don't know if my body does that. Like, can every booty twerk? Because I was like, I don't think mine does yeah. that. Like, I've tried, but I was like, I don't think yeah. it does it. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say yes because I am not a twerker. You can you can learn a technique, but I I, I do think uh, I do think some women are specially gifted in twerking, okay. and I don't think I'm one of them, and that's fine. Can everyone like spin around the pole, oh, yeah. and not just like the basic spin, like a good like a good twirl, sexy spin? Is that possible? Oh yeah, absolutely. Everyone can do a spin. Okay. Yeah, it's it all comes. It's all all of it is broken down into technique. It's like put this hand there, put this foot there. Everyone learns it at a different pace. The thing I love about pole is that everybody can find something that they that they love within it. So, for example, it's an activity that incorporates um, athleticism, upper body strength, and incorporates some dance, and incorporates some flexibility, and it incorporates like you know general like strength. You know, I have a background as a dancer, so I wasn't really strong my first class, but every time there was like a ballerina pirouette, I was like, yes, I could do this. Right. Or I have a friend who used to be a gymnast. So she takes it and she does all her flippy shit and it looks amazing. And then I have another friend. She's a fitness trainer. She loves the strength aspect of it. So it's kind of like no matter what angle you're coming at it from, you can find something in there that makes you feel good about yourself. And then something else that you can be like, all right, that was hard, but I can challenge myself to try it. The twerk video, I love seeing it like on a big scale like that. But it's just a part of this whole kind of ecosystem that's happening around women's bodies and women's movement. There are twerk classes that travel the country. There are sensual dance classes that travel the country. There are people who are called sensuality coaches who work with women to get back in touch with their bodies. I kind of want people to, I want especially women to at least think about it and explore it and think about who benefits if you're disconnected from your body and hiding it from you all the time. Mm-hmm. And then what could happen if you reconnect to it and find out what it likes to do? What could happen then? I love that. I love that. I'm all about possibilities and thinking beyond where you are. Thank you so, so much. Yeah. That was like super awesome and terribly enlightening. Oh, I'm glad I could help. If you didn't think pole dancing was empowering before that interview, do you think of it as such now? Let me know. Future. I can't stand this man. I know I said that earlier, but I just really want to put it on the record. I cannot stand this man. I think he's promoting a new album. I won't be helping him do so by listing the name of it. And as per usual, he brings up Sierra's name to gain more attention. And he also brings up Russell. Sir needs new topics because all he talks about is Sierra, Russell, and drugs. Three new topics for you, sir. How about time spent with your son? Because last I heard, Sierra was taking him to court because he was missing visitation with his child. How about that be a topic? Visitation. Time spent with children. You know, or condoms. Condoms could be a topic for him because apparently abstinence is not going to be 
and pull out is off the table. So condoms for sir. So future says about Russell, he does it. And I'm cleaning this up because he is not using the King's English. He does exactly what she tells him to do. I feel like he's not being a man in that position. He's not telling her, chill out with that on the internet. Don't even talk about him. I'm your husband. You better not even bring Future's name up. It's, a, it's about me. I'm taking care of everything. Sir, you sound like a caveman. Who are you talking to? Your wife is not your child. She's a person, your partner, not a pet. Why are you telling her what she can say and when she can say it? Or I'm taking care of everything. Really? Has it ever dawned on you that Russell has the woman that you couldn't keep because he doesn't treat her the way you did? I I just, ah, ah, questions and answers. And he's such an influence on men. There are so many young men who look up to him. Sir has six kids by five women. I don't care how much money he makes. Half of it is going to some form of child support. That sounds like brokenness to me. That doesn't sound like a whole bunch of women. That sounds like a whole bunch of headache. That sounds like a whole bunch of personalities. That sounds like not being really able to bond and take care with your kids because I don't know, you rushing from place to place to place to place. Like, is this your king? Can't can't promote nothing without talking about the chick who left him and the new man who she upgraded with. He follows up all of all the previous stuff because none of that was bad enough. He follows it up and says, why wouldn't I want a championship player coaching my son? It's a coach. He's coaching him. Sir, you're referring to the man who raises your son full time as his coach? No, he's he's his other father. Sierra is currently taking you to court because you can't get your visitation right. Probably because you have four or five other kids you got to coordinate with. And you're a performer who's always on the road. Russell is raising your kid when you're not around. Calling that man a coach is straight up disrespectful. He's doing the job that you're not doing because you're not there. Future just frustrates me. You're so mad at your ex for leaving you. And you're so mad at the man that she moved on with that it's just giving you this blind rave it's like he can't even recognize the role he played in all of this if you were this adamant about another man raising your child then you should have worked things out with the child's mother these are either things you should have thought about before you drove the woman off or you should go get custody of your child was there ever a custody battle like i know he was upset that sierra was taking the kid around russell but But has Future ever tried to get custody? I don't think so. You got options, bruh. Last but not least, I wanted to talk about cancellation culture. The Washington Post did this really great profile on Chrisette Michelle and where she is now. She's not in a good space, professionally at least. The Washington Post ran a picture from her latest performance. It was a medium-sized theater, a whole bunch of red chairs, empty. She might have, and again, I'm being really, really, really generous, 30 people at her most recent show. I remember when Chrisette Michelle used to perform for sold out crowds. So her career has taken a complete nosedive since she performed at the inauguration. I find people are very, very unforgiving of her for that. This is another one of the stories that I talked about on my Facebook page. And I was like, hey, you know, should we uncancel Chrisette Michelle? And I say that based on we're having problems canceling R. Kelly. And I'm like, maybe we've been a little hard 
on Chrisette Michelle. She's a talented woman. I think maybe we went a little far with her. Did she deserve to lose everything because she performed at inauguration? I partially ask this because I feel like black women, when it comes to this cancel culture, I feel like black women are held to a much higher standard than black men. And that's actually across the board. That's not just cancel culture. If you think about the way that we treat Kanye, Kanye walks around Confederate flag, MAGA hats, goes to the White House, has posted blatant pro-Trump nonsense. And up until very, very recently, we've made excuses for Kanye. We'd say he hasn't been right since his mother died. We still say he's he's there with those Kardashians. He needs a, a real black woman. He needs real friends. He needs to reconcile with Jay-Z. He has mental illness. Kanye gets all of these passes. Chrisette Michelle performed at inauguration. She's never made a pro-Trump statement that I can tell. She said in, in the Washington Post article, she's like, I didn't vote for him. Kanye, I believe if he dropped a really hot album, and I'm a huge Kanye fan, or I was until recently. The last Kanye album wasn't that good. But if he dropped another hot album, I don't doubt that people would buy it, quote it, make it their caption for their Instagram photos, whole nine yards. On one hand, I realized that Chrisette Michelle didn't have the career that Kanye had. She had a couple good songs, but she never had a mega hit. So maybe she didn't have the star power to take a hit when she did the inauguration. But it's just weird to me how we we cancel women so quickly with men, not so much. I mean, R. Kelly and Kanye being prime examples. Also, I would say Gladys Knight. Gladys Knight is performing at the Super Bowl I put on my Instagram page, I was like, I am not canceling Gladys Knight. I don't agree with her decision to sing the national anthem at the Super Bowl. But Gladys Knight is in her 70s. Gladys Knight has experienced segregation. Gladys Knight would have definitely seen colored only water fountains. She would have had to go through back entrances, both as a child and as a performer, Plenty of of musicians of her age have talked about having to, being able to perform in fancy places, fancy hotels, but not being allowed to sleep in them, of having to go in the back entrance or through the kitchen. They weren't allowed to, you know, walk through the the main lobby of the, the hotel or casino. I don't think what she's doing is right. I think Black folks should not be used as as a cool factor or to garner eyeballs for an organization that is not supportive of the rights of, of black people, the safety of black people who are deliberately and willfully blocking out a talented man because of his positions on social issues. Obviously I'm speaking about Colin Kaepernick. I don't think she's doing the right thing, but I'm not blocking Gladys Knight. You sound crazy. Gladys Knight has been around for a good 55 plus years without major incident. I'm not blocking her because she's chosen to perform the national anthem at the Super Bowl. I don't I don't know how to give you a better explanation than like, no, it's Gladys Knight. She's a black living legend. I'm not canceling her at 75 years old. Like, you sound crazy. And the same thing for Big Boy. I don't agree with him performing at the Super Bowl. I know that he turned it down a couple years ago. Outcast got an offer to perform and Andre didn't want to do abbreviated versions of the songs. He didn't want to do the melody that is usually required for the Super Bowl. So they turned it down. The Super Bowl is in Atlanta. Big Boy is one of the faces of Atlanta. I get it. That's like a life's dream. It's the wrong timing. I don't think he should do it. 
but I'm not going to stop listening to, to Big Boy and Outkast. Here's the thing. When you say cancel people, as in they no longer exist, like social exile, you stop listening to their music. The cancellation for R. Kelly makes sense because R. Kelly is singing about underage girls and his music. Like a grown woman doesn't need to seems like you're ready. And if it's consensual, you don't have to wonder, seem like it's ready. Are you or aren't you? Are you ready? Let's go. Or you're not, then we don't go. Oh, I'm unsure. Let me ask. When I when I listen to Outkast, I will not think, oh, Big Boy doesn't support black folk. I don't think Big Boy or Gladys Knight are or are against black people. I don't think Chrisette Michelle is against a black person. I think they're artists trying to earn a living. And while I don't agree with their performances, I just don't think they deserve to be canceled. I'll tell you who I am iffy about canceling, which I never thought I would say this. Erica Badu. And it's because of her statements, her consistent statements about R. Kelly. A couple years ago, I think it's the Soul Train Awards. She calls R. Kelly her brother. Quite bizarrely, she adds that she feels like R. Kelly has done more for black people than anyone. I'm like, ma'am, you know that man molests children. She got in the hot water over that. But the documentary came out. She goes and performs in Chicago and she says some pro R. Kelly statements. According to reports, at one point she says she's putting up a prayer for R. Kelly. I mean, I guess maybe she thought because she was performing in Chicago that Chicago would be more open-minded since that's R. Kelly's hometown. Let me be clear. You can be open-minded about someone's fashion choices. You can't be open-minded about a man who molests children and holds other and holds young women in a sexual cult. Shit's wrong. There's no, well, let's see both sides. No. So people start booing Erica after she says that. And then she goes on to ask the crowd, what if one of the people who is assaulted by R. Kelly becomes an offender? We're going to crucify them too? Why is this the hill that you want to kill your career on? You've already been in hot water over supporting R. Kelly. And then now you're going to get on stage and, and talk about him for what? This, ladies and gentlemen, is what it looks like to give a fuck when it's not your turn. And now your career is going to suffer trying to defend somebody who ain't even thinking about you. Why do you feel the need to publicly comment on R. Kelly? Here's where Erica goes full off the rails. Because what I've described so far isn't where it actually gets crazy. Media picks up what Erica Badu said at the R. Kelly concert, right? Erica feels like she must clarify what she said. She puts out a statement about R. Kelly, which includes, I love you unconditionally. That doesn't mean I support your poor choices. Okay, so a poor choice is buying bundles that don't match your hair texture. A poor choice is trying to wear a 10 when your body is a 12. A poor choice is driving with your gaslight on. Raping, assaulting, abusing black women and girls over a period of 25 years or even one day is not a poor choice. That is deliberate, fucked up behavior. Call it what it is. Don't use semantic, a poor choice, not a poor choice. Fucked up, deliberate behavior by a grown man towards underage girls and young, naive women. Claim that. That's still not the craziest. Here's where it gets super crazy. You know, Erica Badu don't know that man. Erica Badu is putting herself in all this drama over a man she has no personal relationship with. Erica Badu 
and the producer of Surviving R. Kelly have this back and forth on Twitter. Producer of the documentary says, I reached out to all these people, including Erica Badu. She didn't respond. I wanted to specifically ask her why she called R. Kelly her brother and why she said that no one has done more for black people. What did she specifically mean by that? Erica Badu responds, saying she was never asked to be in the documentary. And furthermore, quote, I've never worked with him, don't know him personally. You in all this heat and hot water, got people talking about canceling you, no longer going to your concerts, going to stop buying your albums over a, a mofo you don't even know? Are you kidding me? You just doing this on GP principle because this is what's on your heart to say. Ma'am, shut your heart up and sing your music. You about to unsecure your bag. Ma'am, you got kids. They need health care and college tuition, a roof over their head and some food. E, what you doing, boo? What you doing? I don't want to cancel you. Like, and I, I really love sis. I want to be real clear. Like, I am a huge Erica Badu fan. I have bought every album. When I was 17, 18 years old, I was walking around in head wraps because of Erica Badu. Huge influence on my life. Your music has been a soundtrack to my life. Mama's Gun, Window Seat, like, Green Eyes, like, sis, I love you, but you got to stop with this shit. Sis is like one comment away from me feeling like I need to stop supporting her. You're supporting a rapist an abuser of girls and women your primary fan base is black girls and women what are you doing the brat says something about r kelly too but i'm like can you cancel somebody who's not really relevant i say very often that there's a lot of men that like sex with women but don't actually like women they like what they can get from women they like what women do for them but they don't actually like enjoy appreciate respect women there's also a lot of women that don't like women either. You can't say that you like women and then be supportive of someone who rapes and abuses and molests young women and girls. So that's our show for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to Ratchet and Respectable. I'm very much enjoying courting you. And as we're within 90 days, I'll be talking to you next week. But if in between episodes, you need a little hijinks and shenanigans, you can always follow me on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Demetria L. Lucas. Oh, and my blog, DemetriaLLucas.com. I post pretty often. If you'd like to join me there, you're most welcome to. If you like what you heard today, then leave me a review. And if you did not like what you heard today, then just don't say anything. <laughs> okay, I'll talk to you all next week. Bye.